You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This, 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 this is views from Midstream. Now. Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to your Monday recap edition of the Views from Mint Street podcast right here in Greenville, South Carolina and emanating to you no matter where you are around the world, free on the Odyssey app or wherever major podcasts are found. I am Rob Brown, joined, of course, as always by my co-host, Lonzo Reitzel as we take a look back at the defeat yesterday 24 to 10 your final score as the defending world champion Los Angeles Rams get the better of the Carolina Panthers or at least the Carolina Panthers that were available to play considering the injury list yesterday was um long and stupid And then, of course, even with that, P.J. Walker had to exit the game after going 10 of 16 for 60 yards. We're going to talk all of that today. But before we do, Zoe, just your overall thoughts on what this game was. Well, you know what? I I was happy in some parts. I I definitely was. There's some things that uh, that I thought we uh, should be doing, that the Panthers should be doing, and they did those things. Uh, there was an obvious problem, and uh, it was at the quarterback position, but that's been the problem for the entire year. And P.J. Walker is who he is. I mean, and then found out that uh, Jacob Eason actually still plays football and plays <laughs> for the Carolina Panthers. So so there's that. And also the fact that the Panthers were right there, had the lead at one point, and um, were right there for the entire game until, until the fourth quarter. You know, this game, let let me tell you what I expected going into this game. I was hosting here on the Fan Upstate. I was hosting, uh, filling in for our host that does our Carolina Panther pregame show. And I got into a conversation with my guy, Diddy, who is the producer on that show. And, you know, he kind of asked, like, what do you expect out of this game? And my answer was... I expect the score to be somewhere around where Vegas projected it. We were a 10.5-point underdog, the largest underdog in the National Football League during this week's round of games. And I expected the final score to be around 11 points, 10.5, 11 points. And that's exactly where it ended up at 14, just a touch over the spread for the Rams. I told him that what I expected out of this game What I expected out of this game was to learn exactly who wanted to be a part of the foundation of this team moving forward. We have entered a new era of Panthers football, 
right? We're, we're, we're in a new time period. The end of Matt Rule's tenure in Charlotte is going to be something that we mark down as a, a point in history of this franchise. And the question is, do we get better or not? In order for us to have our optimism pay off, and, and, and I don't know about the rest of you, I am cautiously optimistic about the future of the Carolina Panthers. But in order for that cautious optimism to pay off here, what we are going to need is a good foundation. The good news for the Panthers is that on paper, the foundation's there. We've got the talent to be a 7- or 8-win football team and to threaten a 10- or 11-win football team with the right coaching, the right guys, the right job, the right time, the right place. But that foundation on paper only matters if it translates two guys getting it down uh, getting it done on the field. So what I was looking for out of that game yesterday was fight. Not a win. I didn't expect a win. In fact, I expected a double digit loss just like we got. I expected fight. I wanted at the end of that game to be able to point to players and put them into one of two groups. Either the guys that are there to fight, that are there to be the foundation, that are there to be a part of whatever is next for the history of this franchise or the guys who clearly do not want to be there anymore. On the defensive side of the football, despite the guys who did not play, Xavier Woods, J.C. Horn, et cetera, et cetera, Frankie Luvu, we saw fight. We saw a lot of guys. Brian Burns was fighting. Derek Brown was fighting. These guys were fighting to come up with the result. On the offensive side of the football, not as much. There were some guys that were fighting. I suspect that when the PFF grades drop, we're going to be pretty happy once again with the offensive line who could have been damaged much more than they were. We obviously saw what happened with Robbie Anderson. We're going to get into that here in just a moment. We don't know what the future holds for Baker Mayfield. We did see Sam Darnold out on the field in pregame dropping back, throwing passes like he's getting closer to coming back. Is he going to be a part of it? We don't know the answers to that, but there were some guys that you could point at and go, those guys got fight. They're bringing something to the table. They are not rolling over. And at the end of the day, while Steve Wilkes had been the head coach for four days or five days before he got his first start, I just wanted to know who was going to go out there, who was going to punch who was going to fight, who was going to scrap, who was going to tear and claw. And so I feel like we got a lot of folks that answered that bell. And I feel like we got a handful more that showed you're not committed to being on a bad team and trying to make it good. And that's okay. It's a national football league. You're welcome to go elsewhere and make money. But I feel like we got a good group of guys that put up some fight and showed us that they want to be here when the corner gets turned, regardless of the direction we turn it in. Well, I agree. I think I think fight is the uh, is the word there, and we'll be addressing someone who really wanted to fight literally, literally uh, a little bit later. But yeah, I mean from from the beginning of the. When the Panthers got the ball, first of all, they started doing some things, again, that we talked about. They started running the ball and running the ball aggressively, and it looked like everyone was being aggressive on the team offensively. But you have limitations with P.J. Walker in there. You absolutely do, and to a degree where the defense finally caught up against Carolina eventually because they knew that P.J. wasn't really going to throw the ball especially downfield. So they started crowding the box and started trying to take away the run, which they eventually did. But, I mean, again, the spark of this team, for as long as he's on this team, is Christian McCaffrey. When he touches the ball, it's magic. And he touched the ball, and it was magic. 
And then he wasn't the only one touching the ball. You got the other running backs involved. Um, I, I just there was there was an energy to the beginning of this game, and which lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. An excitement of you know just because we don't have our coach here doesn't mean that we don't want to win. And it wasn't a let's tank for whoever. It was they were out there playing and they were trying to win to the point where they had the defending champs on the ropes and were winning. Uh, you mentioned P.J. going down the field, and that brought. I'm glad you said that because it brought up something I wanted to talk about. I went after the game because I felt the same way. I'm like, I, I've, I felt like, and again, it's, it's P.J. Walker. I, I, I don't exactly know entirely what we were expecting there. Uh, I went to go look at the passing chart, and I found the passing chart. And even knowing that we didn't really push the ball down the field, I was still kind of surprised by it, right? P.J. Walker ended that game 10 of 16 for 60 yards, no touches, no picks, before he uh, you know, got the shot to the noggin and had to get bumped out. 10 of 16. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Of those 10 passes, this kind of blew my mind, Lonzo. It might you as well. We'll see. Of those 10 passes, one of them was beyond the line of scrimmage. One. One pass was beyond the line of scrimmage. That one pass was one yard beyond the line of scrimmage. If you only counted in this game passes that were complete past the line of scrimmage and did not count yak, did not count yards after catch, P.J. Walker finished this game 10 of 16 for a single yard, right? 10 of 16 for a single yard wow, down wow. the field. You know what? I am not I am not surprised by, by that at all because, like I said, I figured it out early. The defense figured it out. We all figured it out early. He was not throwing the ball. Yeah. He was not going to do that. So uh, the question is, why not? I, I mean, because he started a couple games last year. Do they have that little confidence in PJ Walker where they just decided, uh, or would it would this have been the game plan no matter who the quarterback was? I I can't say that it was right. Like I can't. I mean, say I want him to run the ball, but you know, you got to do some like, other. Just run it. Don't yeah. throw it to make somebody. Run. Yeah, yeah, got to do some other stuff too. So I will start with saying this, and this is something we have talked about on this pod many times. It's something I think both of you and I have said both on this pod and on our show, The Rob Brown Show, which airs 9 to noon weekdays, Then you can find it at thefanupstate.com or free on the Odyssey app. Uh, there comes a point where you got to let players play. you got to let players, you got to cater to the talents of players. You've got to let players do what players do. That's That's... Part of what Zoe has been screaming all season with run the damn ball, like put it in the hands of Christian McCaffrey and let him do Christian McCaffrey things if you want to win. I'm not trying to sit here and say that P.J. Walker is an exceptionally accurate quarterback. He's not. If he was, he'd be a starting NFL quarterback somewhere. There's only a handful of them that are that are even starters. What I am saying, at some point, 
you got to turn him loose. And, and and there was the perfect opportunity for this. On the first drive of the game, Carolina was moving the ball. In fact, I, th- I think the, the, the first miscue that popped up was Shy Smith took a screen pass off the right-hand side where he had a caravan out front of him. And he just dropped the ball because he turned his head up the field before he had secured the football and was looking to make a move. He dropped the ball. But even outside of that, that let's dink and duck. Let's throw it behind the line of scrimmage, mixing in some runs. That will be just fine. And it worked on the first drive. But this is the National Football League. There are cats over there wearing uh, visors and carrying tablets who get paid mucho dinero. In order to look at what's happening on the field and go, here's how we let that not happen anymore. And L.A. did that. Once they adjusted, we didn't change anything, right? And in a case like that, what you'd like to see is, all right, we dinked and dunked them the first drive. Then they switched up their defense to stop us from completing successfully those little passes behind the line. So what should you do in that case? Adjust the offense in a meaningful way. Start taking shots down the field. Start running guys across the middle. Start creating different adjustments to respond to what their defense did. And frankly, Zoe, we did not do that. We just kept rolling the same offense even after their defense showed us that they are prepared to stop we were going to do. We either A, could not adjust, or B, did not want to adjust. Either way, it failed us. All right, so the first thing I, you know, I thought of when this started happening, would this have been any different if Matt Rule were there? Uh, because you're, you're you're what minus like three coaches that were there a week ago, uh, Matt Rule plus a couple of defensive guys. Uh, would it have been any different? I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that the adjustments would have happened, and that's. That doesn't look good on Wilkes. But again, in his defense, though, you know, you find out what it was. It was a Monday or Tuesday. You find out that that you are the guy now. It will take a while to implement how you want to do things. And he had made changes already. But one of the major things is you have to make adjustments. And is this a McAdoo thing? Uh, because he's the one who has to make the adjustments on on offense. And we know he hasn't done that all year, so why would he do this now? You know, we uh, we. I don't talked. have a crusade against McAdoo, although I do. I was gonna say, yeah, you do. It's okay. It's a thinly veiled one. Uh, you know, you you kind of have to look at McAdoo here, and I've seen a lot of folks that have been on Twitter, social media, Reddit, whatever, talking about why is McAdoo still there, right? Like, why why is McAdoo? In this spot. And and I explained this in the last pod, and I'll run it back real quick right here. The reason is very simple. Who else? Right? Steve Wilkes is not an offensive coordinator, and he knows that. I think he knows his strengths and his weaknesses. Steve Wilkes is not an offensive coordinator. I don't know who on that staff you would think is ready to be promoted to an offensive coordinator role. So the question would be, who else? There's no chance of bringing in another offensive coordinator for a couple of reasons. Number one, your offense is stagnant, and even if they believe they were able to turn the corner, uh, they would have to do so with the talent that's on the field, and especially now with what happened with Robbie Anderson. Again, we'll get to that coming up in the next section of the pod. It's not a great look. Number two, 
if they do come in, they come in under the knowledge that Steve Wilkes is an interim head coach who is auditioning for the job. And if they were to take a role as offensive coordinator under Steve Wilkes and he does not get the job, guess where that new OC is come February? The unemployment line. Again, nobody's going to take the job that they know that there's a better than average chance they would get fired from. And anybody you want to take the job that's qualified to take the job already has another job. And if they don't, wouldn't want yours, right? So it's not that you just don't have, unfortunately, a ton of options to move in that direction right now. So you're kind of stuck with what you got. And what we've got right now is I think an OC and Ben McAdoo who rolls a certain play sheet, he rolls a certain scheme into a game, and if it doesn't go well, he doesn't adjust, right? He just goes, we're going to keep going. We're just going to keep doing this. It's like banging your head against a brick wall thinking that's the best way to get to the other side of it and not stopping once you've given yourself a concussion, which is exactly how I felt like I, exactly what I felt I had after watching that offense uh, later in the game get repeatedly shut down trying the same things over and over. I felt like I was banging my head into a brick wall.